What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for hanging out. If you don't know, we are back in person live. We're having in-person services also at the Water's Edge at 930 and 1115 every morning. So if you're ready to get back out into public and worship with us, you can do that. We do that in a very safe way, in a very moving way. But if you'd like to stay online with us, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for continuing to be generous. We're continuing to help people and love people and feed people. So this has been really awesome. We love you. We hope you're having a great week. A couple of weeks ago, we started a brand new series entitled Make a Splash. And this study is focusing on this, how to overcome those roadblocks in our life that keep us from happiness and joy. And that's what we all want in this life, but we all have these roadblocks in our life that are holding us back from truly having joy and peace and happiness on the inside. Everyone that I know is on a very specific search. Everyone that I know is on a very specific quest and journey. But mainly what most people are not looking for, and I know this is true about you because I also know this is true about me. Mainly what people are not looking for is a quest for truth, a quest for wisdom, a quest for maturity, growth, character or integrity, even though we do search for those things. But the one main thing that everyone really wants today, the one main thing that everyone is really searching for today is this, it's joy. Because we know if we can live a life of joy, then we can live a life of peace. And we'd all be lying today if we said we didn't want those two things, happiness and peace. When I lived in De Quincey a long time ago, back in my 20s, one night I was hanging out at a friend's house Every single Monday night, he would have people come out over and hang out, and we'd talk about God and life and things like that. And so there was another couple there that was hanging out when I was there. They came in about an hour after I'd arrived, and I met them that night. It was a married couple, and we hit it off. We had a lot in common, and we became friends. I especially became close friends with a husband. He seemed to be a really, really cool guy. I would visit with him every single week, and I really looked up to him because every time I would talk with him, every time I would visit with him, he seemed so strong and he seemed so wise, and he seemed so composed. He was always the perfect person to talk to when you were struggling, when you were hurting, you wanted to talk to this guy. That's why I'd always go over to his house like three times a week, and we would just talk about life and feelings and God and the future. And he always seemed to have the best advice because he always seemed so level-headed. He was determined in life. You could tell that he was determined to be close to God. He was determined to succeed. He was determined to grow in his faith. He was determined to be good to his family. I considered him to be an example to follow. Him and my dad hit it off. They became close friends. And I still consider this man a friend of mine. But one night, I woke up to my phone ringing. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning. It was a landline. This tells you how long ago this was. When I answered it, I was a bit shocked because on the other line was my friend. My friend who on the outside always looked so strong and so focused and so wise and so determined. And he could barely talk, his speech was slurring, and he asked me to come get him, pick him up, because he had just gotten in a wreck out in the woods outside of De Quincey at 1 o'clock in the morning. So I get in my truck, and he had gotten into a wreck about five miles from where I lived, and so I drove, uh, I drove out into the woods where he was, and he had went <clears throat> about 50 yards off of the road into the woods, and he crashed head-on into a tree. And he told me at that time that I was the only person that he could call. He couldn't call his wife, he couldn't call the cops, he couldn't call anybody because he was drunk. And he wasn't just drunk, he was drunk in a toxic way. Come to find out, he confessed to me that night after I brought him home that he had this secret battle that he had been dealing with for a long time. 
and it was alcoholism. But he didn't drink just to drink, and he didn't even drink socially. His problem was when he was by himself and he thought he could get away with it, he would drink way too much and he would black out and he would just lose it. Looking back, what stuck out to me was this. After a few years of going to rehab, he finally got clean and got his life back in order. But looking back, what was so baffling to me was on the outside, he always seemed so composed, so strong, so determined, so wise. When I met him, the way he presented himself on the outside externally always seemed calm, determined, strong, and focused. And so on the outside, his external, he was calm. But what I didn't see on the inside, the internal, there was this fire raging. There was this storm raging. And have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like on the outside, you can keep it together? Your external is calm and you can present that to people. But on the inside, there's this storm raging. There's this fire burning. Let me share my heart with you today by asking you a question. And this is what it is. What would the extraordinary version of you do today? How would the determined... How would the strong, how would the focused, extraordinary version of you deal with your anxiety today? Deal with your temptations today? Deal with your habits today? Deal with your heartache and deal with your pain and deal with your giants and your storms and your inner anxieties today? Here's another question. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. What's holding you back from being that version of yourself right now? What would the extraordinary version of you do today about your giants? Cool. We can dream about that all day long. But what's holding you back from becoming that version of yourself right now? And you may not be able to pinpoint why and how, what's holding you back. But most of the time, it has something to do with this. On the outside, you're holding it together. But on the inside, you're having a hard time healing from your pain, from your confusion, and from your storms. And so many times, we fall into this pattern of just trying to manage what our outside looks like. Because we just want to show people what we want them to think about us. And so, so many times when we're having a hard time, the only thing we can think to do is just to manage our outside to make sure that we look calm and we look like we're composed on the outside. When we do this, many times it's because we don't want the people closest to us to feel like we're a burden. And so, so many times we just kind of stifle this fire that's burning on the inside of us and we just kind of hold it in and we never deal with it. And on the outside, we act like we're good and we're okay and everything's calm just because we don't want the people around us to think that they're going to have to be there for us to help us out. And you know what? That just means that you're human. That just means that you're probably concerned about how you make people feel. And that's okay. But the extraordinary version of you wouldn't settle for this. Because God's desire is for you to have peace, not only on the outside, but also on the inside. And of course, what does peace give us? Peace with God, peace with others, and peace with ourselves. It gives us joy and happiness. And that's really what we all want today. Notice how James, the half-brother of Jesus, talks about how we can become the extraordinary version of ourselves in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy troubles and joy for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance now has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing notice the breakdown how can you and I become the extraordinary version of ourself a life that has strong endurance when you're tested when you're attacked when you're depressed when you're sad when you're beat down when you're confused when you're hurting you fight for your life because you have this strong endurance how can we become that 
Also, when James says our endurance is fully developed, perfect and complete, that doesn't mean that God expects you to live perfect. None of us can do that. That's the whole point of the cross. Jesus Christ took our place on the cross because we could never get there with God. We couldn't close that gap. We couldn't cross that bridge. We couldn't be holy enough or right enough or clean enough. We couldn't be sinless. And so the sinless, spotless Lamb of God came to be our sacrifice on the cross. So God's not saying that you have to live perfect now. But when the scriptures talk about our faith and our endurance being perfect and complete, that just simply means mature. It means mature. The extraordinary version of you has a faith that should be maturing. It has a love that should be maturing. It has a patience, integrity, and character that should be maturing. It has endurance and confidence in you that's growing and maturing. It means that you face your inner hurts and wounds and storms with the new and confident maturity that you will overcome this. I will overcome this depression. I will overcome this anxiety. I will overcome this hurt. I will overcome this pain. I will overcome this past. I will overcome this giant. This is when people begin to live the best versions of themselves when their endurance is constantly maturing. Not when they have a trouble-free life because you'll never have a trouble-free life, but when troubles come your way, if your maturity is in, in your endurance Endurance is growing and getting stronger, then that's when you can face those giants, and that's when you become an extraordinary version of yourself. And that's when people watch you live and they say, How did you make it through that? How did you recover from that? How did you survive that? And I know what some of you are thinking two things, really. Number one, Tony, what does any of this have to do with my happiness? And number two, what can I do to develop this strong and mature endurance in my life so I don't feel like I'm always falling apart on the inside and trying to hold it together on the outside? In verse 2, James says that the testing of our faith with hardships is an opportunity for real joy. Why? Because if we respond correctly, then it's going to produce that strong, resilient, mature endurance on the inside of you that will help you live and overcome your storms as the most extraordinary version of yourself. But also, what can you do to develop this endurance? Well, first, let me tell you this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. We don't know what we actually believe until what we claim to believe is tested. So how are you being tested right now? How is your love being tested and what you believe about love? How is your forgiveness being tested and what you believe about it? How is your patience? How are your faith? How is your outlook on life? How is your peace being tested right now? And what do you believe about all of that? Okay, here's the next question. How much do you believe God loves you? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave for you, his son, to die on the cross. Before the cross to be put on trial, to be embarrassed and ridiculed and mocked and, and tortured and then nailed to wood and to die an excruciating death. That's how much he loves us. Next, how much do you believe in yourself? Some of us have lost that, haven't we? Why did you stop believing in your heart? Why did you stop believing in your abilities? Why did you stop believing in your talent? Why did you stop believing in your resolve? Why did you stop believing in your faith? Why did you stop believing in your endurance? Why did you stop believing in yourself? Next, and remember this, what would you be willing to believe in yourself? What would you be willing to do? And would you be willing to believe as much in yourself as much as God believes in you? Tony, what does God think of me? Notice what Paul says in Romans chapter eight. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? 
Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, if we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life. Angels nor demons, our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Trials, storms, rejection, hurt, battles. None of this means that God does not love you. It's just life. Life being life. Life being tough, life being difficult and real, and life is difficult at times, and it will test us at times. But God, he doesn't see the scared version of you. God doesn't see the version of you that panics. God doesn't see the hurting version of you. God doesn't see the confused version of you. All of those things that we feel on the inside, that's not how God views you. No, he sees us as not just conquerors, but more than that. He sees us as disciples who can have victory, but not just victory. He says overwhelming victory. That's how much God believes in you. And so why should we never give up? Because nothing can ever separate us from his love. Nothing, ever. Jesus Christ believes that you can do this. You can be strong again. You can be confident again. You can be happy and at peace again. God sees that in you because of Jesus Christ. When will you believe what God believes about your life? That in all things, you don't just have victory, overwhelming victory. And so that brings us to this final personal application today. And this is what it is. And remember this, this is so important. Your inner healing is unique and personal to you. Building endurance requires us to be still with God, pushing ourselves to overcome, and resting our emotions when we feel overwhelmed. Inner peace is what's going to finally give you inner joy. If that's what we want, and we do, then when our life begins to look like this, I'm keeping my outside strong, but my inside is a raging fire. I'm keeping my outside strong, but on the inside, I'm completely falling apart. My external is calm, but my inside is chaos. Then do this. View your personal storm as an opportunity for joy by building maturity in your inner endurance. Be still. Be still. And let God love you. And believe about yourself what God believes about you. You can do this. You can stand back up again. You can be free again. You can believe in yourself again. You can fight for yourself again. You can fight for your happiness again. You can fight for your love again. You can fight for your faith again. And then during those times when everything seems to be just too much, it's okay to get by yourself, to be still with God, and to rest your emotions by taking care of yourself. Because not only should you love yourself, God loves you too, more than anything, so much that he believes in you. And nothing will ever be able to separate you from that love. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for being a good God. We thank you for loving us. And we thank you that nothing can ever separate us from your love. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have a wonderful week. Hope to see you back next week. We love you.